Hello, and welcome to the Mile High Church Podcast. Join us and some very special guests as we dive in together, open our hearts, and get real to discuss what we've been thinking about. Hi, this is Barry, and I'm here with a couple of friends of mine, Michelle and Josh, and we're going to talk about church a little bit, just how things are going. And uh, yeah, so just wanted to get your take on the hybrid church. How's it feeling, and what do you think the future of it is? Mm. You want me to start? Yeah. I'll start. So yeah, I think the one thing that I thought was really amazing about Mile High Church is that we were already fairly poised for what we had to face uh, in the shutdown time when people couldn't be here at all. And that is a wonderful gift that those who've gone before us set us up because a lot of communities and businesses and organizations, they just weren't prepared for that sort of thing. And while there was much we weren't prepared for, that was something we were prepared for. So we've got, we were really good and got even better at doing the online church experience and online classes and online meetings and online counseling and online, 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 even with the kids, right? The youth program even uh, spent some time online. And then now as we're all coming back, what has changed is that I feel like the time before COVID, online was a maybe for a lot of people. They were like, if I can't be at church, I guess I'll do that. But mostly people were interested in coming here and being on campus. And now that people have figured out how they can watch online and how they can participate more online, and while we're still in this situation where the virus is still alive and impacting people, uh, people have found a way to still interact and engage with Mile High Church online. So I don't think we're going back to the world the, the way it was before, and we've got to be able to meet that, and that means that we've got to continue to up-level up and keep the production value of people watching church online strong and good and keep remembering that we'll, we'll have people there in the online community. And we've got to do that with classes and events and workshops. We just finished our first hybrid workshop recently yeah. with Roger Teal and Mark Nepo, and that was a new experiment where we could allow people to be in the room as well as watching the workshop online. So um, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, going where no church has gone before stuff that Mile High Church continues to do. And I think that we'll continue to walk that forward in lots of areas and departments, um, as we'll have to in the coming weeks and months and years and meet the need of people to be able to uh, participate with us in that regard. One of the gifts of it, I think, is that uh, we have a lot of people watching from all over the world now, too, and participating in the community from all over the world, members who've suddenly become are becoming members who live in Europe or India or in some other state here in the U.S. or something, and they're wanting to participate. And we're going to have to figure out how to help members who are from another part of the world feel as engaged as somebody who's walking in here on a Sunday morning. Is that possible? Yeah. It's a great challenge, right? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Hey, Jess, what's your take on the whole hybrid church world? Yeah, so I'll remember March 12th, I'm going to guess, 2020, sitting in Michelle's office with uh, Jennifer, our artistic director, and Tom Litz, our music director. And uh, we already had known COVID had been around for a, for a month or so, but we didn't know how hard it was going to hit. And the night before, the NBA had shut down. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah. and and then Tom Hanks and his wife announced they had COVID. And so for me, for so many, it was like America's dad. If dad could get it, we all could. And so everything changed. And you know, we realized that morning that big realization that we can't have church on Sunday uh, in the way that we've had it every Sunday 
for the decades and decades that Mile High Church had has done it. And it wasn't just that we have to go online. There was an immediate recognition that the needs of our congregants in that short span of time had changed, you know, how we were going to speak to them. So it wasn't just, oh my gosh, we have to do an online service in front of nobody. Uh, everyone's going to have to watch this online. But but is this service, that, as we've done it, relevant to their needs? And I, I think our answer was either no, or let's at least make this interesting for ourselves and change yeah. everything up. And so, you know, we immediately planned a Sunday that w- was different, and we put uh, couches you know, on the stage. And I know, uh, (laughs) and, uh, you know, throughout the weeks we would bring in, um, you know, folks like Greg Mm -hmm. Braden, uh, Marianne Williamson, uh, different, you know, well-known names and play video interviews. So immediately we were like, how do we speak to the congregation? Because people don't want the minister to talk about COVID for 25 minutes and how we're all freaking out or whatever it may be. (laughs) But we created the space where we could have kind of a living room conversation about it Mm -hmm. and then still have a talk. And, you know, some Sundays probably worked more than others. I remember the first Sunday I had my microphone up way above my (laughs) ear. So, you know, I was ready for leadership. a moment of crisis. Uh, but we, you know, we have this guy in our bullpen here at Mile High Church named Roger Teal. Yeah. Some of you have heard of him. So it was great to bring him in. And uh, I was just talking with Jesse Jennings. We had a guest speaker scheduled. And he reminded me, he said, Josh, um, I said, what do you want me to say uh, just before the service started? And I looked at him and said, tell him we're all going to die. <laughs> and he thought, that was, he thought that was humorous for some reason. But you know, that set us off towards being forced into being uh, a hybrid church. And again, I want to clarify that that statement that it wasn't just about how can we go online, it's how do we serve the relevant needs of people who are hungry for the message of Mile High Church. And for me, still, there's nothing that's ever going to beat creating sanctuary in person together. Mm -hmm. But can we help people create sanctuary for themselves, you know, in their bed, watching TV, eating a donut after watching Meet the Press on Sunday? Can we help someone create sanctuary for themselves when they're taking a run on Monday morning and, you know, in between a, a Beatles and a Stone song, they listen to some some Mile High Church, you know, or after they listen to their NPR newscast? Can we help someone who's in great anxiety uh, midnight on a Thursday night by creating an insight timer meditation. And so for me, the shift for us is how can Mile High Church not just be the best Sunday worship experience that we can create in relevance to our own philosophy, but how can we really serve people in their everyday life and meet them where their medium is, where Barry, I know you know where it is. It's in their it's in their cell phone for the most part. So we want to get them here. There's nothing better than that. But how can we find all these great mediums? You know, I'm I'm reminded of Marshall McLuhan's famous statement that the medium is the message. You know, how can we use all these mediums to let people know not only that everything's going to be okay, but that they can move through this crisis with greater consciousness and can move through it with a deeper spirituality. And when they hold on to their faith, even in times where, gosh, everything just seems to be falling apart, there's that part of them that that's holding them together and helping to encourage to uh, hold other people together too. So it's been a great adventure. And, you know, at, at certain times during the pandemic, there were more people consuming our service in one way or another than ever 
had before. You know, I think it's gone down a little bit because people, you know, the quarantine ended. Uh, but we have this great opportunity now to be serving not only the person who walks in the door, but that person who's in Australia or in another country or in Hawaii, finding us at a different time. And, you know, even when we're speaking, I'm sure all, both of you relate to this. You're always thinking about who you're speaking to. And now, you know, I'm looking at those people around me, but I'm also looking at that camera going, there's somebody else out there too that we're conversing with. Have you found that True, yeah. Barry? Yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, I think people are always going to want connection and community. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, to your point, it's a matter of how do we provide it in a medium that we've never really gone fully into before. Because I agree with you. We were kind of, we're yeah, let, let's do this. We can mm-hmm. we can do the service online. But th- th- this just did move us towards a, a different level of creativity as well, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of how are we going to present this message that we have uh, but without that, without that feedback, and I think it was different for us to get up and uh, just stand there looking at a light rather than having people. I know that <laughs> the humor part of it was just oh, totally was different, hard, yeah. totally different. Yeah. But I think uh, I think that's what we're always moving towards is to provide connection and community. And uh, it, it seems to many, to me, in many ways, that it is still working, mm-hmm. still working. Yeah, yeah. As Josh was talking, I could feel how. A lot of people have said that during that time, they didn't feel so lonely because they knew they could reach out to us at any time, you know, and watch a service or participate in something and it and it made people feel more connected. So that, that warms my heart to hear that we could do that. And now we get to keep on doing that. Yeah. And I think, you know, the hybrid nature of it is how do we interact? How do the people who are here in person interact with the people online and, and how does that how do we provide really good service in both areas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, you know, part of the mantra for me, Michelle and Barry, has been in this crisis there is opportunity. Mm-hmm. We've got to always mm-hmm. see that, even though we don't like the crisis. And you know, one of the things that this has done for me is I think it has made me a better minister. You know, one of the first things that we did that was so successful just a, a week or two into the pandemic is we decided to offer a couple free online classes. And so uh, uh, Michelle and I taught a Beyond Limits class together where, where I think we had like 500 people register. And then uh, I did a class on Joseph Campbell where I think 700 or so people registered. And it was terrible. <laughs> you know, I'll speak for myself. We had fun in our class. But it wasn't that bad. But, you know, I'm like, I'll show a clip from YouTube and this Zoom thing. And there's a, a waiting what? And uh, there's all that... You but it was it was kind of like starting naked in a sense you know sure. you're, you're like a, like out of the gate and all these people sometimes invisible eyes and just like you were talking about talking to the camera you know we ministers you f- you feel the connection that you're making with people and after a while i could start to feel that even though they were invisible but teaching it was so hard and so getting to focus on these different mediums and how do you create sacred space on zoom mm, right. you know i know i can't do it on facebook but can i try to do it on zoom to 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 create this and to connect with people and so there were certainly misses and mistakes along the way but again showing you you know we had more people you know they didn't show up every week because people forgot what day it was during the quarantine time <laughs> but the amount of people that were so hungry for spirituality mm-hmm. and what i know now what i hear more from anyone else even people who are engaged in mile high church on a regular basis is i feel like i've lost some spiritual connection during this time you know mm-hmm. my faith has taken a blow not just with COVID, but because of uh, you know the racial injustices and the the, the newfound focus that we've had on that, uh, Trump and Biden and political divisiveness in January 6th, people are scared. You know, people are looking at things that we take for granted, like 
um, respecting each other's spirituality or like our democracy and saying, oh my God, these things are, are at, at risk and, and it may be all of our faults. You know, we all have to play a part in bringing things back together. And so I think the purpose of Mile High Church is, is really expanding in that way of really bringing resonant, um, relevant, and, and meaningful content to people, not, not on just on social issues or anything like that, on, but just how to be a good person how to give, live a good life and how to keep the faith. And the more that we can you know, all gather in our Sunday service, but the more that we can expand on that in taking an online class, in being a part of a small group, in listening to a meditation, in opening a daily pearl in your email. I mean, all these things give us those little bits of uh, spiritual fuel that we need to survive in these, you know, if not terrifying, kind of confusing or at least frustrating times. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's an anxious time. I think people are yeah. very anxious because there's no, uh, there's really no map for where we are now, mm-hmm. and so uh, we just get a lot of really strange information. And it seems that we really uh, focus the most on the stranger things, and I think that it just causes people to be anxious. Uh, you know, one thing I wanted uh, to uh, throw out here is the. Um, the idea of the initiative. I know this is a big thing for you, Josh, to have a, a church-wide initiative. And do you think that that's something that's going to be able to uh, resonate and connect with both communities, with the online and the in-person? Is that the intent? I, I was the intent. There, There's um, a very surface intention behind the initiative, but then there's a covert one too. And I'll share the covert one uh, first, and that is you know, we at Mile High Church do so much. We have exceptional ministers and ministries, uh, exceptional practitioners, exceptional staff, and sometimes we're doing so much that the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And so, you know, part of our intention in creating a yearly initiative for Mile High Church is what's something that we can all participate in? What's something we can all get in on that isn't more important than our interfaith work or our charity work or our sacred earth work or um, you know our, our new age basket weaving work. I'm, I'm kidding about that last <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, what is something we can do each year? And we decided that one of the things that was so needed in 2021 was evolved communication. You know, people were just falling through the cracks when it came to communicating with each other. So we built this initiative around um, personal inner communication. Uh, external with relationships, spiritual communication. And, you know, we did everything from build a labyrinth so people could come on campus and have some spiritual practice to teaching classes on compassionate communication to Sunday series by Michelle or uh, myself, uh, Wednesday series, uh, different classes, all these things. And it was just kind of fun. You know, we didn't do it in some huge way, like everyone must talk about evolved communication at all times. But it was just a cool thing for us to rally around. And I think it made some big differences. And uh, we've actually decided on our initiative for uh, 2022, which is going to be health and well-being. You know, uh, so many people that we interact with, um, they're challenged, not just with their spiritual well-being, but with their physical well-being. Am I taking good care of myself? And especially their mental well-being. And so we're not here to be everyone's therapist, but can we build some strong classes uh, that are about self-care? Can we speak relevantly in messages for people that that remind you to take care of your your body and take care of your mind and how to 
help those around us who are suffering with mental health issues uh, and with health overall so that we can all keep getting better together. And I think there's something excite- exciting about having the youth, knowing the youth are focusing on that in their curriculum and knowing that we're going to bring an event speaker that's going to talk about anxiety and how to limit it and know that, you know, Dr. Michelle and I are going to share a Sunday series where we're, you know, sharing our ideas on the topic. And then, you know, we all get to be an example of it. You know, I have not always been healthy as I could be during this pandemic. I have suffered psychologically. I have suffered at times physically, and I want to get better too. And so what a great opportunity for us all to invest in something like that and uh, and improve. And I think it creates a momentum that can carry on into future years as well. Cool. Well, you and I have been here for, for a long time, Michelle. So we're, we're kind of part of the through line of it. Yes. And uh, so how do you see in terms of the relevance of Mile High Church just in – the thing that I think that attracted me, and I know it did you too, it just made a difference in our lives. It wasn't a theoretical thing. It was a practical thing. My life just has gotten better and blossomed since I've been here, and mm-hmm. I know that's true for you. And you think, uh, how do you think that's going now in terms of the balance with the online and here and initiatives? How do you think it's going? Well, I think all that we're doing is... is um continuing to give people the opportunity for Mile High Church to be as relevant in their life as it has been for you and for me. And uh, I always see this as a, a place that uh, is like a safe haven, a place where I could always come and still do today and be with people who I love and who love me, be challenged to grow and to improve myself, and, and even to feel better, just to feel the vibrational energy. I mean, I can tell you honestly that not every time I've come here have has the talk been oh my God, that changed my life kind of a talk. Um, but the energy of the place and the sacredness of the place and the the ability to uh, really help me to think and continue to be a better version of myself, it's always there. And I think it's there whether it's online or whether it's in person. Uh, I do tend to agree that it feels sometimes that the opportunity for it is a little bit more profound in person. And yet I think that's going to be the challenge that I know I'm up for is uh, finding ways for that to be true for people who want to participate online. And so one of the things I like about this initiative is it's another uniting experience that everyone can have, whether they're here in person or online, that we can all support each other in all of the things that Josh was talking about in every medium and make ways for everybody, however they're participating, to be impacted by that and impact is really is really the thing. I'm still here because this place continues to impact my own life and my own experience and helps me to feel connected. And then I go from here and go out into the world and deal with relationships and deal with the news and deal with the things in my personal life. But I'm more empowered because I participated here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, one last thing I wanted to touch on, uh, which is close to my heart, is the uh, is the youth movement here. So I was yeah. just wondering. Uh, how do you think that's going? Because I know you've been right in the middle of it lately, Josh. So how do you how do you feel we're doing? Well, it's been a wonderful nightmare. <laughs> you know, I think that's the way to say it. But you know, so, uh, a, a decision we made. I was so proud of our leadership for doing this. You know, so many churches out there they just don't have youth church, and I understand why because it's scary. You know, and that safety. But we we sat down. And we said we're not bringing church back in person unless we can bring our youth back in person because youth church is church. 
right? And we're not going to have half a church, even if people have to watch online. And, you know, we've gone through with the coming of, you know, we were able to start off and, you know, have max optional for the kids, you know, when we first, when the numbers were going down and then Delta variant, okay, now you got to wear a mask, all that kind of stuff. And as you know, Barry, talking to these parents, um, these kids take the safety stuff very seriously and their anxiety very seriously. And so we're, we're not quite back to the numbers that we were, but we have youth church here every every week, uh, every Sunday. And, you know, we've had a lot of great online sessions. You know, you, um, you know, someone who doesn't love the cell phone in general, <laughs> you know, you're on my cell phone all the time. You know, you're recording these videos with Stacy Butters, our youth director, you know, reaching out to people and being seen by so many. And so I'm just so glad we didn't stop. We didn't just say youth church is over uh, until the world starts becoming a better place somehow, that we uh, kept nurturing them, and we've been able to maintain a a preschool here all this time. Uh, We had a short break there uh, uh, due to COVID restrictions and shutdowns. Uh, We've been able to maintain a wonderful teen program, middle school program, uh, uh, youth program, and, you know, parents slowly but surely are, are coming back. And even as we're seeing, you know, kids, more and more kids get vaccinated, uh, where certain things, you know, people feel safer coming back in, uh, too. So it's been a, it's been a slog. And I really congratulate, uh, Stacy Butters and, uh, Salwa and Claire and Jason and Nadine and, and you know, all those wonderful names and, uh, your, your wisdom and legacy because you're there for us to turn to when we're having a tough time, but just so grateful for everything that they did. Just one story that I'll always remember is uh, we wanted to do trunk or treat. You know, this is 2020, just a yearly event we ever we we do. And you think cars, candy, kids, pretty easy uh, uh, to organize outdoors. Yeah. And then uh, Jefferson County, understandably, you know, came, you can't have an outdoor event with more than 125 people or something like that. So <laughs> we've got that. 400 just kids days coming. Before right? this is the day this before, is the day before. Uh, and, and right, so yeah. uh, our brilliant youth team get together and they figured out you know what, we'll just create two different outdoor events. You know, they found a way, they separated people. So when kids came, they didn't go all through the same line. They just created two different things. And it just speaks to the innovation of our teams here and that desire, you know, when you want to create something for kids as sacred as Halloween, we were not going to let Halloween <laughs> die. Uh, this amazing team came and just figured out how to do it. And I think that's a great example for all of us as we're continuing to move through these times. We just figure out a way. It may not be our ideal way to do it, but we're going to make the best of whatever way is presented to us that keeps us, you know, free, but also keeps us responsible and safe with one another. Well, you know, one of the uh, one of the things that I think is is really important with kids is uh, is resilience. Yeah, and I think yeah. what uh, you know, it just going through all the things that we're going through, and and I think that uh, we're modeling that. I think the church as a whole is modeling what it looks like to be resilient, and I think our kids are going to get that. And I know that uh, I know you came here as a teenager, and I this did. was an important place for you as it a teenager, was. Mm-hmm. and. and uh, it's just crucial for me that we have a place that teens can come and, and talk about things mm-hmm. and, and learn about things and be able to express themselves and that our youth can keep uh, keep coming here and have a place. So that's been real important for me. And I think the, um, uh, you know, I think the big lesson has been to keep going forward, even though we don't know exactly what uh, we're doing. Uh, we do a lot of planning. Uh, that's for sure. We we do a lot of planning and things keep uh, burn, crashing and burning. But uh, I think we're we're learning how to uh, we're learning how to create in the middle of this. Right. And uh, and I think it's really good. So mm-hmm. so yeah. Anything else you want to touch on while we're while we're live here? 
Well, I just think, you know, we're still in this pandemic, you know, and um, it's still a challenging time to figure out. And one of the the things, one of the quotes that stuck in my mind all the way through this is a Victor Frankl one with, he says, for the Statue of Liberty on the East Coast, we need a Statue of Responsibility on the West Coast. And that keeps guiding us or guiding me, especially in looking at how we continue to lead our church. Wow. We're moving through this pandemic because we have those that say, hey, you know, don't live in fear, you know, let's move or let's just move on from this thing. It's going to be okay. Let's not have the mask and all of that. And then there's that balance of take care of your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Do your civic duty. Okay, maybe this mask isn't working as well as I might like, but maybe it works a little, whatever it may be. And I think we, we're just continuing to balance those things. And, you know, we're really excited to see. Uh, hopefully the numbers in Colorado, you know, right now the COVID numbers in the country are going down, but in Colorado they've even, they've raised. And so it's a hard PR thing with our congregation to ask them to continue to be patient because, you know, we're clearly not doing as well on different fronts as we would be if COVID wasn't going on. I mean, everyone can understand that. And we're so grateful for for the level of engagement we've maintained through this time. But it's almost like, um, you know, just hanging in there, or the, those last days, knowing how important they are to to you know reach that sunrise and not make any mistakes, you know, because we're tired, mm-hmm. we're tired of this thing, and I think it's a good message for whoever's listening to this at home or whatever it may be, just hang in there, hang in you there. know, stay yeah. consistent, um, stay conscious, um, be discerning about the information that you go in, but also you know, learn to trust in that inherent good in people, learn to trust in our inherent good as Americans and as human beings. And, you know, keep that kindness going, keep that politeness going, uh, even when it needs to be convert, because someone's being difficult with you. And, you know, we're going to get through this thing. And, you know, I think especially as Mile High Church, we're going to look back and be damn proud about how we responded to this thing and got uh, and got through it uh, while you know laughing about some of the challenging stories uh, along the way. But we're uh, we're just so grateful for uh, the spiritual community and everyone who considers themselves uh, a part of it. And so grateful for you, Barry. You know, hanging out with us, mm-hmm. encouraging us, mentoring us, making us laugh. Uh, you know, doing all these things to keep us thoughtful and centered in this time. I appreciate that. And, you know, one of the things I like uh, that both of you guys have been doing, and Michelle, you always do this at the beginning of services, to just touch in with people about the masks and the numbers, and this is why we're doing this. And and I think that that informative minute that you bring to it, I think it's just really important to let people know this this is where we are, this is why we're doing it. We're consistent. It's the same thing we're doing every week. We don't particularly like wearing masks either, but this is the safest thing that we've got going. And I think, I think the um, the transparency that both of you have brought to the party, I think, has really been good. Mm, thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. So, uh, so I think we're good here. Um, we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank you guys both for taking time out of your busy lives to come in and talk with me for a little while. And uh, We will see you soon on our next podcast. This is Barry signing off. Hey, thanks for thinking of us. Thank you, Barry.